When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is seven and five again. Oh no! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode five hundred and twenty-five, coming to you on Monday, December eleventh. We're going to talk about the new additions to USC's defense, including the hiring of North Dakota State. Bison head coach Matt Entz as the Trojans' new linebackers coach, including a big get on the uh, transfer portal side of things on the defensive side uh, and other transfer portal news we're going to talk about and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Rain of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rain of Troy, email address, Rain of Troy at fansite.com and our phone number, 818-643-7227. Second what's Brun Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, channel with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles. Hello, everybody. Hello. Do you remember our old phone number, by the way? Because for the longest time, like I that little intro, like I was scared that I was accidentally going to to say the the wrong phone number. And I was thinking about it now. I like right I, now. I, I don't have to look at the rundown anymore. I just the new remember phone number right just now? rings. Well, that's good. That's good. I, I probably shouldn't say the old one because I was I, I was going to say it, it, and then I was like, well, I don't want to confuse the. Uh, I don't want to confuse people, but I also don't want to confuse myself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good number. Rip. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm chuffed that I was able to, you know, have that memory going. I'm chuffed for Tim in L.A. Yeah, with the coming in with the super chat coming through uh, because uh, he's he's atoning for missing the last few shows because of work. You don't have to atone for missing shows because of work, Tim. Tim and LA is, is the absolute best, by the way. I, I, I yes. deserves to be on the, on the Mount Rushmore of robots. robots. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think who else is on the Mount Rushmore of robots? I don't know because there's a lot of people I think I could promise to be there. <laughs> if we named four, we'd be leaving people out and yes. I would feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's just like the Heisman trophy. Yeah. You could be deserving but you know, maybe you didn't win it, right? Like Michael Penix, 
certainly deserving in my mind to have won the Heisman Trophy. I, I more so than 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 Bo Nix, but I think Bo Nix would have been a okay winner, not as much as Michael Penix, but hey, big ups to to Jaden Daniels, USC's I- former. Um, in division rival, I guess. My favorite thing about Jane Daniels winning the Heisman is that we got to watch young Jane Daniels, who was completely incapable of doing the highlight things that everyone knew he was mm-hmm. capable of. And we would every time USC would play him, it would just be like, "Man, this kid, this kid can really do it." And then his nothing. teammates were happy he was transferring yeah. on video. Remember? Yeah wild and then he wins the Heisman deservedly so I would have voted for him if I had a vote if I was one of the I feel left out not being the one of the million uh Heisman voters uh if I had a Heisman vote I would have voted for him Uh, my my order would have been um would have been Daniels Penix um Blake Corum and then Nick's I, I find it fascinating the whole Knicks and Penix thing because I I think Penix in my mind far ahead away uh, like above Knicks for me. Um, I think Knicks is a great quarterback. I don't take the, I, like I I feel bad and like my slander of Bo Nix comes across as like me saying that I don't think that he's good or anything. That's not the case. I just in terms of like the wow Heisman moments like Michael Penix, I thought was incredible this year. Um, I I do think, I do think it's funny that like, if, if either one of them would have not existed, I like if, if Bo Nix was at Auburn this year, I think Penix wins the Heisman just based on how the geographics played out with the splitting of the votes far West. Mm. I, I, I think Penix ends up running away with, with and there were accusations of, uh, voters in the South who were leaving Penix off of their ballots entirely to rig the vote. So I don't know how real that is, but again, there's a million voters, so it's hard to keep track of how many dozens of them did that. Uh, Either way, my, my criteria, it would be um, uh, not, not entirely, but in terms of in like a, in in terms of like a tiebreaker situation, if you took um, Nick's Penix and Jane Daniels and Caleb Williams, and you shuffled around which teams that they were on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick's Daniels and Penix uh, are capable of getting their teams to the playoffs, regardless of which uh, of which team they're on. They would at least would at least mirror what the other quarterback did at those situations. I don't think Nick's does at LSU what Daniels was able to keep them afloat. And I don't think Nick's does with USC, what Williams was able to keep USC afloat. I think uh, that's fair. So I, 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 I think that's fair. Very roundabout way to say that uh, he's Nick's is a very good quarterback, but he's not in that tier of quarterback for me. Yeah. Either way. I think all of them had fantastic seasons and well-deserving of, uh, of winning either way. Uh, Murdy says, I can't afford to be on the Mount Rushmore of Robot. It's it, that's not, that's not a part of it. We're <laughs> not that a, big of sellouts. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. We, we're we, gonna, we appreciate anybody who has the means, um, to help support the show financially, but honestly, 
Um, if you don't have the means to support the show financially, that is not like Rama Murdy is in our chat every week. Uh, there are others who are in our chat every week who are extremely valuable to the show. And we appreciate every single one of you um, just for that. Like it's there's yeah. literally thousands of people who listen every week and yeah. we're, we're, we're thankful we're for all eternally grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but where we do sell out is to, to, to sleeper. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. And, and so SC fans, have you heard of sleeper daily fantasy? Because sleeper hosts daily fantasy prop games that you can compete for a chance to win big cash prices. The game is simple for each contest. You're given a pool of props for upcoming games across different sports. You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props or a chance at a bigger win. And if you want to join in on that action, we got you covered. Sign up with our promo code FANSIDED2 today and receive a deposit match up to a hundred big ones, hundred bucks. Uh, using the code FANSIDED2 when sign up not only gives you the great reward, but it helps directly support this very podcast. Gives you the access to Mount Rushmore, basically, is what it's saying. Uh, so make sure to use the promo code FANSIDED2 when you sign up. The offer uh, is only available to new customers who are 18 plus. Uh, and physically present in valid states, including California. But of course, this helps promote the show and all that stuff. See the the uh, in episode description for more terms of the offer. Uh, and uh, LA Fred said that, that was a horrible transition. I don't know. Yikes! <laughs> I don't know if that was horrible. I mean, it was well, maybe a little grasping at straws. I don't know. Uh, David Orange County says, I'm the Thomas Jefferson of the Rupp Mount Rushmore OG, but highly questionable in modern times. <laughs> first of all, aren't they all? I mean. Secondly, <laughs> nobody's questioning you, Dave. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah. you're cemented. Dave. A hundred percent. Dave's definitely, definitely OG. One of, one of, can we do, can it be like the seven, I think we should do seven wonders, the seven wonders of robots and we can do like the seven wonders of the ancient world where old man Dave in, old, or, in Orange County uh, is on. And then there's like the seven yeah. wonders of the, of the, of the modern world and the seven wonders of the natural world and just put everybody in their mm -hmm. own little seven wonders categories. This is, this is true. Speaking of which, we got to play the board game seven wonders. We got it. We just haven't played it. We do. It we have it. Yeah. We just haven't what opened are we doing? it. What are we doing? <laughs> uh anyways speaking of mount rushmore mount rushmore famously in what state alicia uh hold on it's one of the dakotas oh my, well that's all i needed okay because we're gonna go back to the dakotas because we're going to north dakota for the news because usc has gone far north to far go let's go to the news Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Right. Let's talk about USC's 
latest addition to the defensive coach uh, staff, defensive coaching staff, if you want to call it, whatever, what, what, whatever the term is. Uh, USC has hired Matt Entz, Matt Entz as linebackers coach. Uh, you're probably sitting there saying, who's Matt Entz? You should know him. He's the head coach of North Dakota State, the Bison. 60 and 10 as a head coach for the Bison. Currently, he's won two national championships as the head coach of the Bison. They are still in the FCS playoffs as we speak in the semis. I believe they play Montana this this upcoming week. Um, And if they get through the Grizz, they get to go to another uh, championship to go win that down in Frisco, Texas, Uh, which I hope our our friend Cameron, who's in Frisco, and Cameron and his dad are going to go down to to support Matt Entz. New USC linebackers coach Matt Entz. They're they're on the Mount Rushmore, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and... Uh, this is an interesting, interesting get for SC. Not the first time the Trojans have gone out and got a defensive coach from North Dakota state. Uh, 11 years ago, SC went out in 2012 to get, uh, Scotty Hazleton. You remember Scotty Hazleton? I remember Scotty Hazleton. Yeah. Quarters or DBs? Safety linebackers. Linebackers. He was, he was the DC (laughs) for the bison early on when Craig bowl was the head coach of the bison's. Um, way back at the beginning of their, their big dynasty, Craig bowl, um, is the head coach for North Dakota state until like 2014 ish. I can't remember exactly when Mm -hmm. he goes on to Wyoming He's still there at Wyoming. Chris Kleiman takes over. He goes to Kansas States. Matt Entz does not go to FBS to be a head coach. He goes to FBS to be a linebackers coach. And I think it's a bit interesting there because, couple of questions for you first of all a your initial thoughts but b why if you're matt ends do you take the linebacker coach job at sc and not try to parlay this into a head coaching job like bowl and Kleiman have uh what is your rationale there per se i think that uh, well first and foremost this is a home run hire this is a this is a national title winning fcs head coach who was a national title winning fcs defensive coordinator who has been the insert position here coach of the year at just about every single stop that i can find for him this is a home run hire for usc as a linebackers coach Mm -hmm. um why take the linebackers coach job at usc um, instead of trying to get a DC job somewhere, trying to get a head coach job somewhere. Uh, I think it has to do with what kind of stepping stone you want to do. I think that uh, you can look at people like, um, like Kleiman and Bull and, and see that they maybe get stuck on a lower rung of the, um, of the, of the ladder, uh, trying to sort of climb their way up um, from from a sort of lower position where you almost look at what assistant coaches at Georgia and at Alabama and the kind of opportunities that they get. I think you could argue that having success as a linebackers coach at USC, getting a more prominent defensive coordinator role somewhere in the near future um, puts you in line for like 
heavy hitting jobs in a way that you couldn't necessarily do if you tried to take the leap to, I don't know, what were some of the open like positions this year in terms of head coaching? Um, you know, uh, one, one of those sort of lower, lower tier jobs. I can see the argument. Also, you got to come live in Los Angeles. Also, you get to come probably more than double your salary, um, mm-hmm. by, by coming over and taking an assistant head coach for the defense title. Yeah. Um, they can probably throw in some other incentives in terms of housing and all of that kind of stuff to, to come out here. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. And, and as Ryan just pointed out in the chat, um, he could be the next DC at USC. If somebody like Anthony Lynn, who is a, uh, sorry, Danton Lynn, um, is, uh, a, a rising star in the profession. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, certainly an, a possibility that Dantelin does so well at USC that he gets picked up by, uh, by, you know, NFL or a head coaching opportunity or something like that. And now suddenly someone like Matt Entz is in line to potentially get a defensive coordinator role at USC or yeah. fascinatingly enough, let's say Lincoln Riley is, uh, is somebody who gets linked to the NFL again in a year or two or three or whatever. Uh, now suddenly you have an in as potentially the head coach at USC if enough chips fall your way. I just think there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different roads you can take, and the demotion yeah. from head coach to linebackers coach is certainly strange. But I can see the argument for doing it that way when you get to come live in Los Angeles and make you know million dollars a year and uh, and, yeah. and and live that life. Uh, which is an attractive life to a lot of people. Yeah. I, I think the other thing is I, I'm, th- this is just my pea brain who doesn't follow FCS football on a, on a weekly or yearly basis. I think there's been a little bit of catch up that has gone on the FCS level, particularly in the Dakotas um, of North Dakota state. Like their dominance is not the same as it was before. I don't think they've taken a step back as much as everybody else has caught up. Um, you look at South Dakota state, I mean, sorry, North Dakota state this year. Um, they had what three regular season losses to South Dakota, North Dakota and South Dakota state. Like all the Dakotas are really damn good. North Dakota moved up from D two. Um, South Dakota state has been great. South Dakota has been great. Like, Everyone is sort of caught up. All of those four schools are just dominant in the FCS. I think it makes sense to like, this is maybe the right time because if you want to parlay this, that, that job into, into something at the FBS level, um, if this was the opportunity, if you weren't going to be hired in this cycle as a head coach, I think this makes sense. I think it makes sense for Matt Entz. And like you said, it puts him in position if there's a Cliff Kingsbury situation, if if Danton Lynn gets, you know, hired as the new defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals next week, um maybe Matt Entz just is the defensive coordinator, right? Uh, if you know Lincoln Riley gets hit by a bus tomorrow, maybe he's the head coach. Like like you said, not not that those things are I I, I only mentioned that because Pat Hayden always talked about the bus theory that you need to be prepared if anybody ever gets hit by a bus tomorrow 
what are, what are your options? What, who are, who, what's your succession plan? Right. Um, I think bad ends helps with that. I think the interesting thing here is the title of what is it? Associate, uh, sorry, assistant head coach for the defense. I've seen a lot of people talking about this. Like, does that mean that Lynn reports to Entz or does Entz report to Lynn? Don't worry about that stuff. That is strictly title for pay. This mm-hmm. is like whatever job you have right now, there is somebody that's either you or somebody else that has the senior name of that same title, right? That's that's all this is. It, it's just it's just for pay. Uh yes, absolutely. It's definitely a a title that is associated with um just pay grades and, and the like. USC on uh this year's staff, Roy Manning is the assistant head coach for defense. Um, Brian Odom is the associate head coach for defense. I don't know the difference in terms of those two, which one is is higher, which one is lower, which one means more money, which one, if they're the, literally yeah. the same thing, you just can't have both of them be the assistant. So you do one as an associate, one as assistant. I'd, mm-hmm. w- whatever it is, it's all. You just keep finding synonyms. Uh, you, yeah, you can just yeah. keep making up Sidekick titles. Sidekick head coach for the. For the for the defense, yeah, uh, you just cu- keep making up titles. Collaborative um, coach for the defense. I, I do think you know bringing up Brian Odom. I I do think this hire pretty much signals that Brian Odom is not going to be retained on the next staff. You don't hire a linebackers coach and an assistant head coach for defense, uh, and then bring back your current linebackers coach and associate head coach for defense. Um, I, I just think the writing is on the wall there for Brian Odom. Uh, but, uh, but you also have to wait for that kind of stuff to be official because, um, you know, USC has a bowl game coming up. We, we assume that Brian Odom will be coaching that bowl game. We assume that, uh, Mm -hmm. that all of those other coaches that are on the staff, um, are going to be coaching that. And that's why I also, I think there's a lot of rumor mongering and a lot of jumping to conclusions about who will or won't be staying on staff and, what the staff will look like and whether or not there will be holdovers from, from the previous staff and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't necessarily read into a lot because USC needs to keep those guys employed right now to do recruiting, to do coaching for the bowl game, to do all of those things. Once the bowl game is done, uh, once signing day is over, I think that you can look at all of the tea leaves and, um, and, uh, not know one way or another which which coaches will be there and, and which won't but announcing the hire officially announcing the hire of a linebackers coach on December 10th uh does indicate to me that at least one of those coaches from from the current staff is not is not coming back yeah you you you'd have to think so uh Brenton in the chat says uh asked about Dante um, Williams as well. Yeah. I, all these are questions. And I think the, the timeline thing has been interesting too, because I think there's a lot of people who wanted, you know, everyone to get fired at the same time. And I understand why we talked about it before that, like, yeah, the, I think realistically the entire defensive staff probably should be changed. Um, if nothing else, it should be, be given to, like, like the question should be at least asked to, to Danton Lynn, what he wants, right? Like he deserves a say in how the, the, the staffing of the, of the defense goes. But I think that there's the other part of like, you need those guys for recruiting. You need those guys for the bowl prep. Like the timing is weird. And part of it is, and 
this is what's wrong with the stupid early signing day. Like it would be so much more beneficial to, I think to coaches, um, it would be beneficial to uh, players, to all the, to everybody involved. If the, if signing day was back in February and there was a time for everyone to solidify their coaching staff and then go out and be able to recruit after the dead period lifted in the middle of January again, like, if we just got back to how it was, I think everything would make more sense. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate the early signing period. Um, it, it's terrible. It sucks. Um, I, I, I think that there are like with someone like Dante Williams, um, he's still out there getting tagged by recruits. He's still out there apparently yeah. being involved in offers and visits and all that kind of stuff. So he's still doing recruiting. Um, Roy Manning is, is also very out out front mm-hmm. um, in terms of recruiting. Uh, I think if there were two coaches that I could see potentially getting retained, it would be them personally. I would not, um, I would not bring back Dante Williams um, personally, because I, I just, uh, you know, along the same lines of my feelings around like Andy Enfield right now, I think that you can do all the recruiting in the world, but if you can't coach up those guys, then there's diminishing returns there personally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, like you said, Danton Lynn gets to make that decision to me, Lincoln Riley and Danton Lynn together right. get to make that decision. And, um, and I will, you know, go along with, with what they say so particularly if Danton Lynn decides to keep any of the current coaches. Um, this is a guy who inherited a staff that was not his own at UCLA last year. And he got a hell of a lot more out of that staff and those players, um, than, uh, you know, who's than, on that than they staff, did the year the before, um, Ken, Ken Norton, Norton Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is over on that UCLA staff. I, I would imagine I, I haven't paid attention. So if I'm talking out of turn here, correct me but i would i would imagine that's the easy move for ucla is just to make ken norton jr the dc well, did you see today that chip kelly said he hasn't started looking for a new defensive coordinator well dan lynn wasn't named until uh, like february 20 something last last year uh, chip kelly is is mind you that that was the whole situation was was weird because bill mcgovern passed away like like the the i i give you know, the the timeline was obviously awkward last time, but still, like, the, yeah, the, I, I think UCLA has the luxury of having more time because their spring ball doesn't start until like the I think beginning of April or whatever because they're on the quarter system or whatever weird stuff that they do, right? Like, right. But if you, but you still need somebody for recruiting and all those. The, that, that stuff, but you know, you Chip doesn't val- to- value those things. Yes. Well, and that's, and that's why Chip is in the position he's in. Right. Um, the, the thing about like USC adding Danton Lynn and, and being able to have a, a voice who's leading the charge of, of reinvigorating recruiting on the defensive side, knowing that there's a path forward on the defensive side, like that matters. Letting that linger for that long, like you're not going to strike gold the chances that you strike gold again with making a hire that mirrors Danton Lynn in the, in that context uh, in terms of the the timing of it all 
Mm -hmm. Obviously, like you said, the context around it, there was a reason that the timing was what it was. But the fact is that if you're making a hire at that time, your chances of it turning out well are extremely low. Right. Uh, And uh, yeah, so whatever, whatever they're doing and the chances are that that the assistants that are currently on the staff might see the writing on the wall and say like, hey, maybe I just need to go out and get somewhere where I feel a little bit more. Uh, certain about my my standing in in the world and and go pick up a, a job while they're available, uh, which for assistance they come available in late December and early January. So I I don't know that's that's sort of all part of um, part of it. Uh, I don't want to to let it go past though that uh, we got a super chat from Alex, yeah. little Alex, another person who deserves to be on the absolutely on <laughs> seven the Mount Rushmore, yeah. Mount Rushmore, seven wonders of the world. Whatever we're doing for robots, appreciate you, Alex. Oh, I was gonna make a, I was gonna make another analogy there, but it doesn't work. I just remember that you know UCLA fans called the Coliseum the mausoleum, which is yeah. Weird. They're like, well, what's something in a wall that has a bunch of plaques? Literally a mausoleum, but like that doesn't yeah. We, we want to kill want, off the no, robots. No, not a, definitely not a mausoleum. <laughs> a mural, a tapestry. <laughs> I don't, I a wall a, a, a wall, wall of, of fame, fame. A, a a rotbot wall of fame wall of fame there yeah. we go that that works <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah absolutely um all right um other news to discuss here um on defense um I want to jump ahead in our little rundown here a little bit talk about. SC getting a commitment from transfer portal pickup, uh, Nate Clifton, defensive lineman, 6'5", 280. Uh, one single year of eligibility left comes from Vandy, the Commodores. 37 starts at Vandy, was the team captain in 2023. 30 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. He led um, the, the Commodores with that and a pick in 2023. He can play all over. Uh, I, I think... Uh, our friends over at uscfootball.com quoted a like dogman article that said that because Washington was in on him too, that he can basically play every position along the defensive line, which I think is helpful um, when we know that a defenses want to be multiple, um, including what Denton Lynn is probably going to want to do, but B SC has multiple spots that need, that need bodies, right? Like, um, you, you expect Bear, Bear Alexander to be one of those guys who is lining up on uh, the Sunday before Labor Day against LSU, but who else is going to be on that defensive line? Nate Clifton could be one of those dudes at any of those spots. Yeah, and like you said, being able to line up um, at uh, defensive end, at three technique, uh, inside the tackle, outside the tackle. What uh, yeah. when, when you're going to be running a defense that we expect to have have multiple fronts um, as, as most defenses these days do, that is extremely valuable to be able to have somebody who can move inside and out uh, depending on, on the context. And this is very clearly an, a super experienced guy. He's got good size uh, for that, to, for the end position um, productive guy in the sec, which is always, uh, you know, obviously Vandy is a difficult program in the sec, but that's still some, some good production from him uh, in that conference. So yeah, really, really strong start for USC. Uh, I think the big thing that most USC fans want right now, right, is just some some beef up front. 
mm-hmm. and um, we can see the signs already that USC is is adding um, guys on the the defensive line that they are they're clearly targeting that position. We've seen offers go out to defensive linemen all over the place. Um, you bring in the commitment of a of a veteran leader, yeah. De- productive defensive lineman that's big um they uh you, you know on the recruiting trail right now there's uh the the um former minnesota commit who literally just committed like five minutes before we started record decommitted from minnesota five minutes before we started recording uh gd abasiri uh decommits from minnesota is heavily heavily tapped to look at uh at usc as a as a potential landing spot uh, on the defensive line. So USC is definitely doing work up front and whether that is Sean Nua putting in the work to, to get these defensive linemen in or the promise of, uh, of, of, of Danton Lynn and, and what he was able to achieve defensively with guys like Leotu Latu and, um, and the, and the UCLA defensive front, uh, whatever, whatever forces are at work there, they seem to be, uh, they seem to be coming along rather nicely and exactly the kinds of moves that you want to see USC USC doing, but they need, this has to be just a start. Nate Clifton has to be a start in terms of, of picking up guys for the defensive line to, to get that unit ready for 2024. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I agree. Um, the skeptic in me says, well, a year ago, ST got a bunch of dudes on the defensive line. Uh, and they didn't all get a lot of, um, all of them didn't produce a lot of stuff, right? Like they're Jack Sullivan's, uh, et cetera. Um, SC, you can, you can say that SC didn't develop them further. Didn't put them in a part to succeed. Uh, maybe didn't, uh, get the guy that fit whatever the argument is, whatever the, the reason is SC got a lot of guy prioritized defensive line last year and they didn't improve on that. But I think that's not a reason not to do it again. SC absolutely needs to do it again. They absolutely need to prioritize the defense. And I think that when you, when you go out and get someone like Nate Clifton, who is a four-star transfer portal gets who, which I think is a considering that he only has one year of eligibility. I think that that shows off the value of him as a, as a player, because we know that the transfer portal rankings are sort of, eligibility and the, you know, the the amount of years that you have left affects a lot of your ranking there. Um, And so for him to have just one year and still be ranked that high, I think shows how good of an, uh, of an impact player he can be. Mm -hmm. But we talked about it last week that Lincoln Riley has said a lot of the right things um, recently about the defense and prioritizing the defense and all of those things about wanting to get bigger and, faster and uh where defense is going to be our top priority etc all these things but it was going to be about the actions right and and judge him on the actions not just the words and i think so far in the last couple of weeks i think we are literally seeing lincoln riley at least backing it up by backing up the words by prioritizing defense as it is right now uh, we still need to see how that pans out, but I think that this is a good first step uh, in being able to put together the rebuild of this defense and being able to turn the page on what was a disastrous first two years in the Lincoln Riley era for the defensive side of the ball. Like this is not just getting Nate Clifton, but I think that the combination of 
Lynn and Entz and, and all of that, I think things are in the right direction for, for what they need to be. You still obviously need to, you know, this is one of those things where you won't get proven until nine months from now, but this is the start, right? Yeah. But that's, we, we won't know the results of any of these, of any of these additions of any of these, um, philosophical changes or, or emphasis emphases until we see them on the field. And I think that was one of the conversations that we had a lot at the end of last year about, well, okay, if you're going to keep Alex Grinch, you got to do the things that, uh, that, that hopefully put you in position for that to pay off. And they did add a lot of the personnel that we felt good about uh, to have that pay off. And then obviously it didn't. Uh, so what it comes down to is, is needing to uh, either have faith in or adopt a wait and see mentality or whatever mentality that you're going to do right. um, to, uh, to, to sort of go into next year and see how it all works out. It's, it, it, we can't know. And this is one of the tricky things about the transfer portal that we have also talked about a lot is that, you know, at best you're still hoping for a 50% hit rate on any of these guys. And that's why it's important that you start adding as many, as many of these guys as possible. But I guess the hope is that somebody like Danton Lynn, people like Matt Entz and, and, and the like are able to bring in, um, bring in the players that they're bringing in and then also get more out of them. I will continue to maintain that the personnel that USC had on defense, there are certainly some guys out there who I felt were not of a USC caliber, USC level, um, playing for USC this year, but not all 11 that were on the field at any given moment. Certainly not all 11. That that defense was worse than the sum of its parts. And what I need to see is is USC to take uh, the the current the the new coaching staff, the new defensive coaching staff, to find a way to get more out of a lot of the same players and more out of the same kinds of transfers that USC brought in uh, last year that clearly didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, one one hundred percent. So, yeah, let's let's get into the other news to talk about on the transfer portal. Um, quarterback. Uh, we we got a question over in the in the chats uh, from Mark. Are they scouting a transfer portal quarterback and throwing Miller Moss under the bus? I don't necessarily. I wouldn't quantify it as throwing him under the bus per se. Uh, we know that uh, we talked about it last week that will there was the report about USC pursuing Will Howard. Cam Ward has been a guy um, that has been out there, but Will Howard and Cam Ward are both highly touted dudes that are being pursued by everyone in America who needs a quarterback at the moment. Dylan Gabriel has gone from Oklahoma to Oregon. Brock Vandegrift uh, has gone from Georgia to Kentucky. So yeah, I think SC is thoroughly in the Will Howard and, and Cam Ward mix, but you have to be able to get one of those guys first and foremost. And secondly, I, I think Miller Moss knows the situation. Like I, I think he, I, I was really impressed with how he talked about, I, I, I want to say, was it the first game of the year? Um, I was listening to the uh, Russian home to record the car cast. And I was listening to the, the wrap up show uh, and Peter Arbogast was interviewing Miller Moss and he was asked like point blank by, by Peter Arbogast, like, why didn't you, 
why did you not transfer? Because the, in this day and age, quarterbacks transfer once you don't win the job. You didn't have the job because Caleb Williams was here. Why didn't you transfer? And and I thought his answer was like, basically, I'm I'm a USC guy. Like th- this is where I want to be. Like there's no el- nowhere else I would want to go. Like SC puts a lot of quarterbacks into the league. The the you know there's the the power of the USC degree, all these other things where he was answering the question to, you know, and maybe those, that's the easy answer because he's just saying all the right things. But either way, I think that if it was truly throwing Miller Moss under the bus and Miller Moss felt that way, I think he would have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. I I also think this is the, this is the business of college football at this point. This is the business of the transfer portal. And honestly, it would be um, malpractice for USC not to be involved in all of the top quarterbacks that are yeah. out there in the portal this year. It would it would be um, a failure to put the program in position to succeed if USC said, "Fine, we're just going to stick with Miller Moss and and be okay with that." I, I I don't think you can have that mentality, and if that means losing Miller Moss, then you live with it because you have to number one stock up your stock up your quarterback room USC will have two scholarship quarterbacks next year unless they add an additional one and or, or one or two and they need to add an additional one or two because it doesn't look like they're going to bring in any um any freshmen in, in high school recruiting um and the in the quarterbacks that are on the roster should understand what that means if you bring in someone like will Howard if you bring in someone like cam Ward um that doesn't automatically mean that you are not going to to start. Miller Moss has a leg up on all of those guys if he's going to bet on himself. He he gets to play in the bowl game and set the tone. He already is a respected uh, respected leader um, in that in that locker room for USC. And whoever comes in as a quarterback uh, to compete this spring and and in fall camp will have to compete against a Miller Moss that has been tutored by Lincoln Riley for the last two years. And that is, uh, that is something that could potentially be a, a difference maker for him. So no, I don't think that Miller Moss can treat it as a, a slight that USC is looking at these other quarterbacks. Uh, if he did and he left, then that would be on him because Lincoln Riley cannot afford to not be scouting these other quarterbacks and not be offering these other quarterbacks to come in and yeah. see the best possible competition that they can put together for that room. And we have seen that yeah. from Lincoln Riley in the past where he has added transfer quarterbacks and there has been competition and you have to go out and win it. The flip side is, yeah, if, if SC goes out and gets somebody and Miller Moss then decides to transfer, well, that's the risk you take. Like, like that's the, that's the reality of what, you know, what it is with the transfer portal and quarterbacks right now. We did get another super chat from Alex. Hey. Thank you. That says we, we don't know how, Miller Moss practices and Lincoln Riley is the quarterback guru as a fan though. I want Miller to start at USC next year. Yeah. I I think that the important thing here is we can be skeptical of Lincoln Riley in a million different aspects. Um, You can be skeptical of his play calling, skeptical of his two point conversion decisions, skeptical of how, whether or not he prioritizes defense or whatever. The one area where I do not think that you are, you are um, in good faith having skepticism is at quarterback. Um, He has proven that he knows what he's talking about with quarterbacks. 
uh, and he knows what he's doing and whether or not that's somebody on the roster or him going out and get a transfer portal guy, it's worked out for him every single time. Even the, I, and I feel like I say this every single week, even Spencer Rattler had a 172.3 quarterback rating in 2019 or whatever, or 2020, whatever it was like, that would be a school record at USC. Literally a school record at USC. He won his last 15 starts or 13 starts, whatever, whatever the number was like there. He won games with Spencer Rattler. So like, don't even let an Oklahoma fan tell you that like, well, you can end up with your Spencer Rattler. Well, okay, fine. Then go win the 13 games with, with Spencer Rattler then, you know, like, yeah, Lincoln Riley, I think deserves all the benefit of the doubt on the quarterback decision. If he's going to put his faith in, in Miller Moss, then that means that he has signed off on Miller Moss. If he is going to roll the dice on Will Howard, then that means that he has signed off on the idea that that is the best decision. And I think that like that's where that's the area, that's the niche where you trust what Lincoln Riley is telling you 1000%. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, personally, if it was me, I think I would take Cam Ward over over Will Howard, but I'm not Lincoln Riley, right? Like I, I will defer. I will defer that, that decision making. You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly where I'm, where I'm at. Whatever quarterback Lincoln Riley wants, whatever quarterback he wants to put his faith in, Mm -hmm. I am on board. If it's Miller Moss, then really good on Miller Moss for, for developing over these two years and, and putting himself in that position. If it's, if it's Will Howard, saddle up. It's if Cam Ward, saddle up. Uh, if it's somebody else, I don't know. Saddle up. Yeah. It's Malachi yeah. Nelson. Saddle up. That's that, that's essentially uh, how, how it all comes down. Uh, other addition that USC got on the transfer portal was uh, long snapper Hank Pepper. Great, Great name. name. Oh Fantastic name. Uh, long snapper Hank Pepper from Michigan State. Uh, 6'2", 200, starting 18 games for Michigan State. Uh, and this is probably the only time we'll ever talk about a long snapper on the show. Hopefully, hopefully you never want to talk about long snappers. You want to talk about long snappers twice. One, when they get recruited and two, when they leave, when they leave. Yeah. And if that's, that's a perfect long snapper career. So yeah, uh, we will see. It's a, and that's not even offensive to a long snapper. I think no, a long snapper they don't want long- to be mentioned at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, all right, other news to discuss departures. Uh, Michael Jackson III and uh, Dejon Benton both uh, gone. Michael Jackson III, not a surprise. Uh, one In the category of the Kyle Ford um, transfer from a year ago in that this is a bummer. I think that you watch Michael Jackson III, particularly last year and the year before, and you're like, God, there's so many instances where this dude is so good. Like if he just had more of an opportunity, how good could he be? Right. And yet he hasn't done more at SC. Is that because there's guys ahead of him? Is it because there is not more of an opportunity for him? Is it because there is not uh, the, the coaching staff doesn't believe more in him? I don't know. Either way, um, more power to him to be able to go find somewhere that, you know, lets him fulfill the potential that I think that we all sort of see in him, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that 
I think that you said that perfectly uh, in terms of it's it's a bummer. Um, comparing it to to Kyle Ford is definitely where where I'm at. Um, on more than one level, I think that Michael Jackson third will go somewhere and and be and be fine. But I I don't know that he is uh, somebody who USC can't replace. Um, and I say that with all due respect. I love Michael Jackson third. His contributions have been have been wonderful, and I, I really wish he would stick around and and see what he could do with a little bit more of a featured role. But at the same time, it's hard to promise these guys featured roles when Zachariah Branch is going to be your featured guy. Deuce Robinson is going to be your featured guy. Right. Um, there's there's going to be guys coming through uh, that you want to continue to see more from. Uh, so it's it's tough. It's tough. But this is the nature of the transfer portal. It gives and it takes away. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's how it works. Uh, it is uh, multidimensional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Benton is a guy I think that I've always kind of liked what he can potentially do on the defensive line, but it's been like four years now. Um, you, you can't keep talking about potentially uh, this long, right? So yeah, if, if he's not, if he's not given the opportunity or if he's not won the opportunity, then probably best for everybody involved for him to be able to find a spot where he can, you know, r- realize that, that, that um, reality. So um, yeah. good luck to him. We'll see what, what happens there. A uh, couple offers uh, out there that we've seen uh, banting about online. Um, USC going out another, going out for another USC running back, South Carolina running back, Mario Anderson. Could, could South Carolina be, could USC junior be just a pipeline to the other USC, this USC? as the uh the the running back supply line. 5'9, 208 pounds, a year of eligibility left, 707 yards and three TDs this past season for the Cox. Yeah, and he just put out a top four with USC, Oklahoma, Memphis, and Cal as his uh as his his options for transferring. And considering how well it turned out for Marshawn Lloyd, I think yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's let's ride with Mario Anderson. That sounds sounds just about right right to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's running back is one of the positions that I think is most easily filled in the transfer portal, um, and one of the positions that I think that USC we've we've seen multiple offers go out for USC. They're going to need to add a guy or two there at that position to, um, to account for Lloyd leaving for the NFL, Austin Jones being out of, uh, out of eligibility. And as much as I want to see guys like Quentin Joyner and, and Amaran Peterson, um, rise up into, into more featured roles, uh, you also got to take your chances with a veteran guy or two, if you can get them. Um, Jeff Rodriguez in the chat says, get Jade not. Yeah, I would take Jade not in a heartbeat, but, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta get who you can get. So right. there, it's clear the USC is in the market. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, uh, one, 100%. Uh, all right. Uh, last little news nugget, uh, Zechariah Branch. Welcome to the USC All-American Wall. Uh, first teamer, All-American returner by uh, USA Today and uh, Pro Football Focus as a return man. USC's 176th All-American and the first true freshman to ever do it. Yeah, pretty wild. Pretty wild for uh for Zachariah Branch to to get that honor. 
as a kick returner. Obviously, we all saw how electric he was as a as a return man. So sort of not surprising to see him get that kind of nod. But it's 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 a little like there was a long time where freshmen didn't play, so they weren't really eligible for all American honors. Right. Um, not until this, this is unfortunate, but really not until the Marshall disaster. Oh yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that was now a while ago now, but I know, but uh, like that's what allowed freshmen to play. Yeah. But it's, it's still a bit wild that like, this is the first true freshman at USC to get all American status. When you think about the true freshman seasons that USC has had between guys like Adore Jackson and, and, um, you know, Marquise Lee had a, uh, didn't Marquise Lee have a, no, was it Robert Woods had a crazy productive uh, true freshman season? Uh, um, Robert Woods is good as a true yeah. freshman, but I, I think he was a freshman All-American of some sort. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, there have been a million freshman All-Americans. Just, it's just wild that it's the first true freshman on to, to get the All-American nod straight away. So uh, good on him, well-deserved. And yeah. um, and honestly, I, I think that with that in tow, um, there's no reason why Zachariah Branch, given the immense talent that he has, uh, knock on all the wood if he's healthy that he couldn't join USC's uh, history of three-time All-Americans at this point. Off the top of your head, can you name him? Taylor Mays. There's three. That's one. Matt Khalil? Nope. No, uh, Ryan. Um... Mm -mm. No. No, Ryan. No. Um, uh, there's an offensive lineman, isn't there? There is an offensive lineman, uh, yes. That's why I thought Matt Khalil. Famous um, dad. Uh, um, famous, powerful dad, important dad, uh, Sam Baker, Sam Baker, Sam Baker. That's who I was thinking of. And then, uh, Robert Batman Woods would, yes. Wood, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already talked about it. If, if freshman, oh, by the way, play, if, if, if uh, Robert Batman would, if he had been able to play as a freshman, he would have been a four-time all American. I, Look it. I think that there's a very good argument for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to uh, the mailbag. Shall we? You've got mail. Start with an email. We got from Tony, the PA. Alicia, Michael, this is Tony from the PA. It looks like Lincoln and Danton aren't messing around. I know Matt Entz from North Dakota State uh, as a head coach, but from all I'm hearing, this is a great hire as a position coach. The process is starting to roll to a much better defense. It makes Sixers fans, so I know all about the processes. Uh, hopefully, uh, this won't take as long as my Sixers are taking with theirs. Fight on to Nor uh, Tony and Denora PA. Yeah, we definitely don't want uh, USC to, to go through the process that the 76ers have gone to, although <laughs> trust the process is in a when you when you boil it down, I get I get the I get the uh, I, I'm on board with with that kind of thinking. This is a process that USC is going to have to build back up from um, to to be up there with the with the dominant programs that contend every year for national titles, but doing something like, uh, like picking up Matt Entz is definitely a step in the right direction. That's a, that's a huge move. That is a, a, uh, USC throwing its weight around kind of move. And the thing that I, and one thing that I didn't mention about the, the Matt Entz move that I really like is that 
once USC identified, Matt Entz could have been a DC candidate. Mm-hmm. Realistically, Matt Entz could have been a DC candidate. Yeah. So I, I didn't look it up, but I, I'm vaguely curious where he would have done on our criteria. On our chart. Board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, he would have been a really interesting hire as a DC. Um, you sort of take away some of the risk factor by bringing him as, in as a linebackers coach and just sort of get all of the advantages of he has head coaching experience and long-term DC experience and has been successful at every level. I mean, uh, has been super successful at the FCS level, but can he move it up to the FBS? Because then you pair him, you pair his veteran uh, experience with Danton Lynn's obvious, you know, one year, um, production uh, achievement uh, and and you get a really nice nice middle ground there but mm-hmm. um the the thing that i like here is that this is this is this isn't a rolodex hire this is this is not the, the, uh, there is no meaningful connection that i can find between matt Entz and anybody at usc this is not a hey pick up the friend and could have picked up the phone and call your buddy right and see if you can convince him to leave a head coaching position to come to usc no this is even call cold call and a sitting national title winning fcs head coach mm-hmm. and find out if he's willing to come up to the fbs level and improve his his climb up the ladder uh from by taking a linebackers coach position like that's yeah <laughs> that's bold i i would say that like I, I think you can make an argument. Um, again, this is just my 60,000 foot view far away. Um, that's you can make the argument that maybe as a head coach, Matt Entz isn't um, doesn't have the same resume as Craig Bowl and, and Chris Kleiman, but a, you didn't hire him to be a head coach. So don't worry about that part. But B, I think the other thing that you, that I think is important looking here, like, just be being a winner and being a good coach, I think is so much of the battle. Like that is so much of the, uh, like the, it's not the level doesn't matter. The level obviously matters, but like the FCS level, like those programs, there's, there's some overlay, right? Like if, where do you think that those four Dakota schools that, and and even the Montana schools, and you put those in the FBS, are are they not like very competitive at the, at the top end of the mountain West? We've seen the top, the top end FCS schools that have made the transition to FBS have been competitive right away. Absolutely. Immediately. So why? Yeah. So you're going to tell me that like, if if those six schools, the, Mont- the the Montana schools and the four Dakotas, were in the Mountain West, you're going to tell me that one of them couldn't win it like pretty soon? I think they could. Absolutely, I think they could. Like, yeah. and in part because they're all well coached, right? Like, and you look at the guys who have coached at lower levels, and how many of them translate? Like Lance Leopold, uh, Chris Kleiman. Um, Literally Kalen DeBoer, But a lot of those guys, and I think this is one of the things that I I, I continue to want to stress for USC fans to understand that Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think a lot of those guys, one of the, one of the things that you see um, from, especially from those top tier programs, the ones that win titles every year and and are competitive every year in in their playoff system. um, A lot of those coaches, those FCS coaches are there for a long time. Yeah. They are there for five plus years, 10 
years building programs, building philosophies and cultures and all of those things that are then in place. Mm -hmm. And that helps you have a, a, a platform upon which your, your program can thrive. And, um, you know, that, that helps. It, it really does help to have that foundational thing and, and time to sort of, to, to put your mark on a program and, and have everybody involved in that program know exactly what direction you're, 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 uh, rowing in and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I think that, that right. absolutely matters. Um, so, uh, yeah. it's, uh, I, I just think, well, yeah, those programs that they might be FCS programs, but like they play football, mm-hmm. they have to win football games against right. teams that are, don't have the same level of talent available to them. They have to win on, but they're, they all have equal, they all have equal, relatively yeah, equal just, opportunities to the, the, yeah. the talent that they have. And yeah. Sagar in the chat points out that, yeah, J- Jim Trestle sort of the king of that, like yeah. one titles at, at Youngstown, right. Before yeah. he went to Ohio state. So and yeah, Alex, I, Alex in the chat also points out that someone at like Entz needs, you know, he said that he needs to come up to FBS level so he can learn, the ins and outs of NIL and of FBS level recruiting, which is certainly definitely, I would say that's the biggest barrier between an FCS coach mm-hmm. and an FBS coach. But for the purposes of a linebacker coach, USC is hiring him. This is almost like a, 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 a work study program. USC is hiring him to do a thing that he's very good at, which is yeah. coach football. And in return, he is getting to learn the peripheral things, which is mm-hmm. how to recruit at the top level, how to navigate NIL at the top level and all those things to build his skill level, to go ahead and make himself available to be a, right. a, uh, a an FBS level college football head coach. Like that, this is a match made in heaven in that sense. It's, it's beautiful because what USC needs him to do is coach up the linebackers mm-hmm. to develop them to be the best they can possibly be. And to also lend his expertise, his experience to a young defensive coordinator like Danton Lynn right. to be a rock for him. Like it just, every, every element of this hire is, is to me aces. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, I did want to pull up the, um, our little, um, criteria chart. We're going to run through this just off the top of our head here. Um, Top twenty-five defense experience. How do we? How do we? Uh, well, he was top twenty-five in FCS. So like when the, he was the defensive the, coordinator under, counts, cl- right? under, yeah, he he they had defenses that were holding teams under under fifteen points. I want to say yeah. every year. So in in demand, I, this is difficult to say because I think that I think the answer would be yes. Mind you, th- this is looking at Entz as a defensive coordinator, but like. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yes because we see we've seen Craig Bull become go from North Dakota State to Wyoming. We saw Chris Kleiman go from North Dakota State to Kansas State, right? Like, I would say yes that there is a demand there. Known talent developer, uh, with without being able to just name off uh, great Bison defenders, he, he's been coach. He's won Coach of the Year awards. So Jabril Cox is the the LSU transfer. Um, in 2020 who was outstanding when he, when he went from FCS level to FBS level. 
there's uh, there's a handful of guys who have made it into the NFL that uh, yeah. on the defensive side who played under um, under Matt Entz. There's a bunch of like offensive linemen, uh, and obviously Trey Lance, um, which mm-hmm. you know he was the head coach, so. He was had a hand in developing those guys, but obviously maybe not from the technical perspective, wasn't in there in the in the trenches with them. Um, right. But uh, but still, I mean, the North Dakota State developed players on both sides of the ball, for sure. Yeah. Successful track record. Yes. Clean background. No word on if he's tied to the to the uh, Fargo uh, syndicate. <laughs> um, there's a Fargo reference for you, I guess. Um but okay, so you give him you give him fifteen points there. Uh, sorry, twenty five points because I can't math. Twenty five points It's not three points. Five points for each of the things in the first column. Um, previous DC experience, yes. Ace recruiter, no. Power five experience, no. Success at multiple stops. Success at multiple stops. It's uh, depends I, on where. You, I I I would say for the spirit of this, we would say no because he's been successful as a. Uh, an assistant, um, not as a defensive coordinator. He well, was, no, he has. He, I was guess, a, he was the defensive coordinator at Northern Wilson. Iowa. That's right. So and maybe Western yeah, Illinois. Maybe you give him that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's that's hard with the FCS stuff. Yeah. So that's uh, six more points. So that's thirty-one points there. Uh, Denton Lynn, by the way, had thirty-three on this thing. One championships, yes, thirty-two points. Big Ten experience, no. USC uh, no, elite no. coaching tree. I would say yes. Cause he's from the, the yes. North Dakota state one. So that's 33. Yeah. Th- 33 point. I, 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 I guess you could say high scoring offense. Sort of a thir- 33 yeah. with an asterisk because a lot ba- of this basically, comes the FCS and it's just harder to tell. Lo- long story short. I think that looking at this and how this compares puts him on the same level as Dan Lynn. Just about. They're in, very, in different very, ways. In extremely very different. different ways. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a, a t- totally different situation. Part of the spectrum in terms of where yes. they're coming from, and and right. I love pairing them together on one staff. I love it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. The only, uh, honestly, the only question mark I have about this hire is. Will Matt Entz, who has been a defensive coordinator and a head coach for the last decade, will he defer to a 33-year-old, 34-year-old um, defensive coordinator who is now his boss? Will will he do well uh, taking that um, taking that step down in terms of of being having the ultimate say in in what goes on? Uh, that's the only way that I think this goes wrong. Yeah. And I, I, there's no sign of uh, like, that's just basic professionalism, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> 100, I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting that that will be an issue. I think that should not be an issue. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go through uh, questions we've got here in the chat. Uh, Jack says, sorry if I missed this, but, uh, did you announce the over under winners? I'm pretty, I'm reading the tea leaves here. I think this is Jay Vandy asking this by the way. Mm. And Jay Vandy has a, has reason to ask. <laughs> um, let's look at the, the, I, I literally, while we were doing this episode, I've been tabulating all the stuff. Um, we did say we would get back to it. Yes. We, 
a little inside um, or future um, podcast stuff. We're going to do our holiday bowl preview next Monday, the 18th. I know that that's what nine days ahead of the holiday bowl, but we, we want to talk about signing day on the 20th, which is next Wednesday. Um, and then the following Monday is Christmas day. We're not going to do an episode on Christmas day. So, uh, the holiday bowl preview will be next Monday, the 18th. So we'll talk about the, the over under for the holiday bowl in that episode. Uh, and per the usual tradition holiday, I mean, a bowl game over under is worth double, 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 double. So this will be huge. Uh, so, okay. As it stands right now, here's the top 10 in ninth place. We have a three-way tie with a 42 and 30 record between Scott Cox, Stephen Shod and pickle in fourth place. We have a five-way tie with a 43 and 29 record between Britt from Irvine, Matt and Rancho, Ocean Beach Trojans, the Awesome Tier, and Trevor M. All tied with four, 43 over-under wins. In third place, by himself, Jay Bandy. 44 and 28. One spot ahead of all those those entries tied at, at uh, in fourth place with 43. Second place with 47, so three, three points ahead of Jay Vandy is GPAT 47 and 25. And in first place currently, as it stands right now, Vince in South Dakota, 48 and 24, one spot ahead of GPAT. There you go. It's the South Dakota. It's a Dakota themed episode. Yeah. San Diego, but I know, but yeah. it's SD. <laughs> There's it, an inside joke for long, for listeners of, of every week of the show. <laughs> yeah. Southern Detroit. Yeah. yeah. South Damascus. Yeah, San Dimas. Yeah. Any of those things. Um, yeah, so it's it's gonna get close. It's gonna get close and uh rompy pompy, as uh as our friends over at the, the Westburn show would say. Sounds rompy pompy. Yeah. Uh all right, uh other question we got from uh Hokey P, aka Top Trojan fan, absolutely someone who belongs to be on that Mount Rushmore on the uh the, the seven wonders, whatever it is. One of our OGist, 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 yes, OGist, uh, listeners of all time, uh, top Trojan fan. Um, he says, uh, which defensive position group has the most notable turnaround next year? Do you think? Uh, s- can I can I say just defensive backs in general? Okay. I think maybe, yeah, defensive backs. I'm going to say linebackers. That would be lovely. I think the linebackers have the most Actually, to gain. You could name any of the position groups on defense, and I would say that would be lovely. I Because part of my concern about the secondary is, like, how much of their issue is this them not being put in a position to succeed? That's where that's where I feel like I I honestly feel that USC had plenty of talent in the secondary. It's that the the scheme was not built to uh, was not built to to put them in position to succeed. And I think um, yeah, I think Dantelin will do a better job of of that. I'm gonna say linebackers just because they 
I know. I, they can't I, get worse. I, they we can't say get worse. But, but we literally said that about <laughs> last year's defense, and they did. So <laughs> say, I've said that I, every year for the last uh, ten years about the uh, linebackers, and they do. Hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Eric says, were you guys able to watch the Matt Entz press conference thing? No, I, I, I didn't see that. No, I've did, seen, did I've see seen, I saw a really great clip of him talking about how to defend tempo that I would recommend to people. And I've seen some quotes from that press conference, which is where he talked about uh, how um, he had been told that uh, the FCS experience, he was lacking the NIL and um, recruiting experience. Hmm. And that was sort of the barrier to him getting jobs uh of moving so, up in the world do, do we think that 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 barrier exists now that didn't for climbing then i think so yes i i think in in the current day and age being able to navigate nil transfer portal and F, fbs i think i think recruiting might have been a singular thing that might have been a concern between fcs and fbs mm -hmm. uh but it's even greater now because it, there's so many other factors that go into it, it. probably also helps that Kleiman and Bull went to places that weren't going to necessarily recruit at a high level anyway. Wouldn't be high -powered, Wyoming yeah. and K State. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I would say that in in terms of sheer talent level, I don't know that there's a big difference in terms of the type of guys you're recruiting that is different at Wyoming and K State than you're recruiting as a FCS superpower. Yeah. Whereas if you wanna yeah, so you go to SC and you're you're it's a different level of talent, right? But that doesn't mean that you still, you know, you, you got to get development out of them, which is what SC has not been able to do. So, yeah. Um, SJ says, how many points will SC have to put up in the Holiday Bowl for you to say the offense will be fine under Miller Moss? I think that's a very interesting question. What if, would impress you if with, they, with the offense? If they put up 40, 40 plus. I would I would feel pretty good about that given the circumstances around uh, that game. I, um, but I have but an answer. Uh, well, uh, your answer is going to be what my what I'm about to say right now. I think, which is that it's less about the points and more about the uh, eye test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more about if, how the offense flows, about whether or not he can make the throws. Yeah. Um, how much he's able to uh, handle an offensive line that I, I don't necessarily expect to be super mm -hmm. great. Right. It, he, if you could, you score 60 points and um, it's primarily on bubble screens to Zachariah Branch, I think that's a little different than 28 points where there were four fantastic 80-yard drives that were impressive and he showed command of the offense the entire way too. Like, I... I I think that there's there's a mixture of both. Like like yeah, I, I want to see that the offense can be very productive, but I also want to see that he has control of the offense and is able to play a part in the production too. That it's not just um him relying on the playmakers around him. At the same time, this is an offense that should be putting the quarterback in position to not have to be a superman. Mm -hmm. theoretically schematically but we've seen that that hasn't necessarily been the case because the offensive line hasn't been uh super strong we know that the offensive line should be more healthy in the in the holiday bowl uh than they have been the last couple of weeks especially the ucla game um which there was an injury in in that game so 
maybe that helps a little bit. Uh, the offensive line was better as the season went on, surely, um, after the changes after the Notre Dame game. But I, I don't know. I, it's yeah. If they score forty points, I think that would that would look good. But like, what does that forty points look like? I think is the question for sure. Uh, Tim says, anyone going to San Diego for the game? I th- we thought about it. I, th- I think our, the, the most intriguing thing for us is that it's at Petco. Mm-hmm. That to me makes it interesting, but like, I don't want to spoil the preview, but um, I'm not sure there's a lot of optimism over here mm-hmm. on, on the SC side of things. Um, Chad says, so is it Danton or DeAnton? Lynn, I've heard both the last several days. Uh, Alicia, I had seen on YouTube a few weeks ago that it was Danton. Well, I looked, and you you went up and looked up the UCLA pronunciation guide. The UCLA pronunciation guide says Danton. Yeah, D A N T T U H N, Danton. Yeah, Danton. Danton. Yeah. So picture the yogurt and just add a T in the middle. Yep, Danton. Danton. Yeah, or like. Uh, what what's that uh, basketball team that plays the the in Ohio the Flyers? Dayton, but make it Dan- Danton. Yeah, Danton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim says, okay. What's up with Caleb's looming NFL decision? Is it actually possible that he's not cut and dry uh, <laughs> as he's gone? He, Tim, he's gone. Tim, we 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 love your your enthusiasm, your support, your um, all of those things with the podcast and your enthusiasm about USC football in general. I just want to give you a little heads up. He's not coming back. <laughs> and I understand the ability to buy in and to want to buy in and to hope. And I, I've, I've been done there. it. I've I, been there. I was, Juju I was the kid. Both. I was the kid in, in 2005, 2006 being, telling my friends, well, you know, like, Reggie could come back. Like maybe, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't want to play for the Houston Texans. He could come back or actually, you know what? Maybe Lendale will come back because Reggie's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I've, we've, we've all been there. Right. I remember my writing three, four, two forty class, by the way, the, uh, we had to do a, a, um, oral report mm-hmm. thing. And my oral report was why Matt Barkley should return as quarterback. I didn't believe any of it, by the way. But you did it. And then I did it, and then it happened. So I think the key to this is make an oral report about it, and then <laughs> maybe maybe it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen, as JB would say. Yep. It could happen. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. We will be back uh Later this week with a members-only show, because we guys owe you one of those. Uh, And then Monday, next Monday, uh, the 18th, will be our Holiday Bowl preview episode, USC and Louisville. Uh, So get ready to say Louisville a lot of times. Don't use your lips. Don't use use your mouth. Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Like, uh, what's what's the word, Ned? What's the people with the puppets? Ventriloquist? Yes. That's how you say love. I'm losing it. Okay. (laughs) All right. uh, We'll be back then and then sign in next week too. So 
<laughs> Tim says uh, he knows he's not coming. I just wonder how, why he has to announce it. I don't know. I, I wonder he, if there's like a special announcement. He thing waited planned. until literally the last day to enroll at USC to make his transfer yeah, decisions. Maybe so. maybe there's like a special like announcement production. I don't know. He just he know. just goes by his own pace. I don't know. I feel bad for Irvine Cattle Ranch because I just got here and here we are. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we'll be back next time. Uh, next week. And then if you remember later on this week. So until then, we will see you. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.